Hey, Ms. Bahawk here, and I am really excited in this episode to share with you some highlights from my conversation with Bryce Smith. We did an hour-long episode on Human Evolution Project called, I forget what it was called, but it was season four, episode two. And what I decided to do was pull three main topics that I wanted to share with you. They're, they're distilled highlights from that episode. We talk about knowing when to quit. We talk about my relationship with failure. Bryce asked me some great questions that elicited that. And we discuss this challenge of being asked, what do you do? And being judged by your job, being defined by your job, and how that's different from 50, 60 years ago to, you know, today in 2022 and probably the next 10 years to come. So I really had fun chatting with Bryce about some of this stuff, and I think you'll enjoy some of it. So if you have any questions or comments, make sure to hit me up on Instagram, dot. H-A-W-K, or head over to MsHQ.com and drop me a note because I'd love to hear from you. Anyways, I hope you have a great day and enjoy our conversation. Anyways, I hope you have a great day and enjoy this conversation. You know how they say sometimes it's a valuable skill to know like when to quit or else if you just chase the wrong problem endlessly, like you might figure out the problem, but it might mean nothing to you and you could have solved a million other ones that were more meaningful. I think that same concept applies to knowing when to quit certain mindsets or certain mm, patterns. I like that. Knowing um, when to quit certain thoughts. If we get stuck in a rut, thinking in the same pattern, knowing when, all right, I've had enough is enough. Something there of it's so easy to get caught in that and have kind of defaults. And that's okay. Like being cynical at first, like, I don't know if I really need to use. We start out with most things that way. Like you said, human nature for us to change and to explore things for ourselves. The human mind is conditioned to compartmentalize you based on that first interaction. For a very long time at Invictus, I have always prioritized being a coach first pursuing my athletic endeavor second. And so it's fascinating because certain individuals will always categorize, oh yeah, that's Coach Bryce. And it always bothered me because it's sometimes I'm a coach, sometimes I'm an athlete, sometimes I'm significant other, yeah. sometimes I'm doing the entrepreneurial thing, sometimes I'm podcasting. And I think it's important to note that like we're all of those things and none of those things all at the same time. And that goes for everybody listening as well. Like you are not defined by your job title. You're not defined by your function. You're defined as a human. And I think, like you said, sometimes within humans, we judge. And that's not necessarily fair. Mm -hmm. I always like to share with people to do what's called API, assume positive intent. Every person you meet, in my opinion, is a 10 out of 10 right when you meet them. And then it is up to them based on decisions, character, continuous behavior, if they either gain points or lose points. You're doing the same thing, which is just like giving everybody the benefit of the doubt. Hey, you have to mess up a lot before you get knocked down to a six out of 10 or whatever. Rather than it having to be a money exchange, maybe it's an exchange of time. Maybe it's, hey, can I have some of your milk and I'll provide you some of my flour? And it's this exchange and I think it comes down to how we were raised, how we, what our value systems are as to equate, is that exchange fair? Is it reciprocated oh. on both sides? People don't just want long-term nuggets that take time to evolve. They want mm. the microwave effect nuggets. It's what can I apply now that is yeah. going to provide me results today? All these different things we chase after 
and pursue. It's like their playlists, right? So it's not like your name is being replaced with, hey, I'm now the musician, I'm now the artist, I'm now the banker, whatever. It's if you had a channel, what are the playlists of your life? And maybe there is a banker playlist. And then there's, like you said, you're a significant other one. And then there's a fitness side. And there's all these different sides of you that make up kind of playlists of your life almost so there there's a famous saying by john wooden he goes you should always value your character over your reputation because mm -hmm. your character is who you really are when nobody's watching if you live your life hopefully believing that people are inherently good then you're gonna have a little bit more of an optimistic perspective you just remember that there's givers and takers in the world and the givers sleep better at night that character thing is that's almost what bleeds through and informs a lot of reputation or even when people can see through that, like reputation just gets you in the door sometimes. It doesn't do everything for you. It's like having a nice portfolio. It gets you the conversation, but then you have to like prove that you could do what you said you were going to do or whatever. And that is a very fascinating concept. You don't have to receive validation just for your shit, right? Like why do we as humans respect people for what they do versus who they are this whole idea of not one role or identity is more valuable than another everything is absolutely essential to make the whole wheel go round and round and it's just a simple idea of if nobody took your trash out for a month you would notice it be like who takes this to the landfill and where do i gotta go i have to drive there to do it and that costs gas and it's this whole chain of effects that every person plays a little like essential role in each of our lives i know i try to do this but I've noticed other people have also been where before the conversation starter, after how are you, is like, oh, what do you do? And people don't ask, what do you do as much anymore? It's almost like, how long can we go without asking that in a conversation when you meet somebody and just talk about other stuff or what else do you have in common? Like without ever knowing that this person might be a pilot or they're a Wall Street banker or whatever it is. What people do on the day to day associates with how their brain operates. And so maybe by asking that question, I can seek a commonality because I'm really anxious in this particular setting. I don't know a lot of people here. So by asking that question, now I'm seeking connection. And that's the optimist in me. The pessimist in me is why the fuck is this person asking me what I do? They're just going to give their level of respect based on the monetary value that they associate with said craft. And so I think it's less about what you specifically ask and how you ask it. There, There is this thing that's maybe it's a common collective now in 2022 where most people or a majority feel like, I don't like my job. We're doing shitty stuff. We're all doing it so we can get by. I don't want to ask you what you do. You don't ask me what I do. Like <laughs> we don't, none of us want to talk about it. So the question isn't being asked as much. Maybe that will definitely evolve and shift. Rather than, hey, what do you do? I think you can ask the question better. Hey, what makes you come alive within, <laughs> within your craft? What is your broad and inclusive mission? And then it becomes less about the actual craft of what you're physically doing. And then what is your goal? And then you get to know the goal, and I think there's transferable skills that then create relatability.
we know what you're doing, right? When somebody asks that, it's like a, how are you? We know the inter- what we're saying here versus it was more novel 10 year, 20, 30 years ago when people said that. And so I do think it's going to be phased out because ultimately, like you said, most of us are maybe doing things that yes, we have some skill level at, but it might not be your dream situation. Everybody's got their weird interests that when you get them talking, like all of a sudden they become different people. And it's this entrepreneurial concept, modern day, that is we have our hands on so many different things. And I'm one of those people that like, if you isolate one thought, and I'm sure people hear this in the random tangents that I love to go on, but I can find ways to connect it or bridge it to so many other things. And I love doing Mm -hmm. that in the workplace as well, where it's like fitness and health are just the vessel to help people seek their peak expression. And it's fascinating because that is such a cryptic answer that you can give to people when they ask, oh, yeah, what do you do? And it's, oh, I help people. They're like, in what capacity? And you can answer that so many different ways in our craft. The wonder leads to better conversation versus if I just said, oh, yeah, I'm a trainer. I'm a fitness coach. Now that comes with a level of judgment because it's so fitting within the label of a traditional societal norm. If somebody's, oh. I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor, I'm a firefighter, I'm a nurse. But if you don't fall Mm -hmm. within one of those categories and you're in this gray area, people immediately either think you're bullshitting and walk away like you experienced, or they're like genuinely curious. I don't get it. Can you help me understand? And then you also get to the point where I don't really get it either, but that's okay. It's very hard to, in certain circles, it's hard to describe. If you think about being around your family and describing it, what you do to them, It's different than how you would describe it to me. What is your relationship with failure? What what does failure mean? Does it have a negative connotation from your past experience and your history where you're like, oh, you get down on yourself? Or is it, hell yeah, like now I know that clearly doesn't work. Let me try this next thing. That's just a data point. I'm going to remain optimistic because slowly but surely through the pursuit of trying to improve, I'm going to realize what doesn't work. And hopefully along the way, if you have that positive childlike mindset, you truly believe that the next like version is the one, even if it's not, you don't know Mm -hmm. what you don't know. And it's so fascinating. Some people are like, oh, that didn't work 10 times. Uh, And you can just see the variance in body language and tone. And there's so much to unpack there around this benefit of almosts. There really is. And it's with most endeavors, it's really about who can hang in there the longest Even if you're mediocre, if you can keep showing up and you do it for a long enough period of time, you will outlast somebody who doesn't try after 10, 20 attempts or whatever it might be. So there is this massive advantage of having, whether it's an illusion and you're like, that's like this next thing is the one, it's the one. But that belief eventually is the thing that carries people through. And it's the very story that you admire afterwards. When you hear that, oh man, this person failed like J.K. Rowling or whoever submitted 30 times to 30 different, they all got rejected and Harry Potter almost never got made. Like we have this appreciation for it, the rejections and the whole series because of that little detail sometimes. In that moment, when you're the person who's getting rejected, you're not being viewed in that same light. It's you're not in that story, Mm -hmm. but those people seem crazy. They seem, what are you doing? It's the exact thing we were just describing. So it's a weird paradox because that exact 
struggle and failure and in the come up is what is so appreciated later on mentally i think it's figuring out like what you need to do to like you said deal with failure and you have to have this stubborn persistence in the pursuit of making that vision come to life and i think that's that is the art of storytelling that is the art of finding your uniqueness of what truly makes or lights your soul on fire and then being able to use that fire to one day keep others warm or provide light for them to travel their path. People are living sad, unfulfilled lives, doing things they don't want to do, attending office meetings that, you know, are not fulfilling their soul. And then as a byproduct, become a slave to climbing the corporate ladder in pursuit of getting out of debt versus doing what they actually want to do to positively impact the world. And that's why I always say the graveyard or the cemetery is the richest place in the world. Because so many people get stuck yeah. in this rut and inside the cemetery are dreams, visions, unique apps, unique in inventions, innovations that never came to be because of getting stuck in this rabbit hole of financial debt and irresponsibility. We can adapt so easily to different lifestyles too. That's the part I think that's scary is when it's like you see no way out and no end to mm -hmm. it. When you're like, oh, this is my cap. I've reached my ceiling. And mathematically, none of this makes sense. Mm -hmm. The human experience is complex. It's not one thing or another thing. It does involve business and relationships and health and fitness and wellness and adventure. You have to get to know yourself. You have to get to know what you want your life to look like and create a little bit of a vision, a mission and ethos. But it's around this thought of quit everything until you find something that you just can't quit. It's be very willing, especially early on when you're trying to, because time is valuable. Like you can't, again, spend time on the wrong problem just because you started it and you want to finish it. It's like, Time will pass you by if that's the way you're operating. You got to try a lot of things, do them really quickly and just have a pulse on like, is this for me? Is this not? These things all evolve and change and your camp might move. But like the essence of that is something you're not quitting, which is like fitness, wellness and that general umbrella. And I think at a young age, I really mm -hmm. realized like <clears throat> if my heart isn't in it, there's no monetary value that can quantify the expenditure of spending my entire life pursuing this or doing this. And so I do challenge people to explore, try new things, dream, allow yourself to not allow your memories to be bigger than your dreams. Have something that you can pursue and discover because in the pursuit of trying to find out what it is that makes you come alive, you're going to discover a lot about yourself. You're going to discover a lot about others and how the world kind of operates. And that's my challenge to, to, to our listeners.